Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Sales Warrior Podcast, a conversation about dominating your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. And on today's very special episode, part two of the rise of a man during the rise of the machines. Sit back and relax, and let's get started as we continue the previous episode with my special guest, Soham Sarkar. I think for me, it's... um the way I look at it is the further down you go into, let's say the abyss, right? The further higher you need to reach to forget the abyss. That makes sense. Like the lower you go, it's not very easy to forget that. Like if, if it's a mild inconvenience in your life, you're probably going to forget that. But if you actually hit rock bottom, it takes quite a bit to forget rock bottom. And at least in my situation, you're always afraid of going back down to rock bottom. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that there is definitely a threshold where once I cross, it's going to start to diminish. I'm not sure how to like plan for that yet, but my belief is that as long as I keep thinking that I am like one of the smallest fishes in the room and that this can be taken away from me at any moment, which it can, I probably will not forget how I felt for the last seven years. Yeah. Well, and it also brings a level of empathy for those that may be there. Right. And hundred yep, percent. And I think that ties in, right? Like that at some level, uh, it ties in with part of your mission of this product and your platform and what you're building, because mm-hmm. we talked about it, right? Like there's, and, and we're, let's talk a little bit about the mission. Like, let's talk about a little bit about what your vision is. Cause you met, you like alluded to that. And the, and the, and the listener is like right now going, wait a minute, what, what are you guys, what is this guy building? What is he built right. and building and what's coming? And I will tell you that like, that was the thing that was so inspiring for me whenever I, I met Soham was just, we started talking and I said, wait a minute, wait, could we do this? He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we can do that. I said, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? We can do that because if you think about what sales has become now is that in a lot of ways, sales, it has become a juggling, a, you know, a juggling game of like six or seven different tech platforms. The data over here isn't talking to the data over there. And now all of a sudden, instead of being a salesperson that has a skill set of connecting and having conversations and holding space and asking powerful questions and really being a problem solver, a salesperson now has to be a, uh, a tech platform architect, right? Even if they're given all of the tools by their corporate marketing or corporate sales ops people, it doesn't necessarily mean they all work the right way or it's not confusing as all, as, as, you know, as we were just sharing, I was like, we, we just got a new instance of Salesforce. Guess what? It's the same. Inst- it looks the same as it was 10 years ago. It's as bad as it was then. I mean, it's like, come on. Um, but then for the for most salespeople, right? We talked about this. Most salespeople are a little bit ADD, a little ADHD, a little bit like yeah, um, definitely. part of our superpower, definitely. right? And so when we get into the part of the brain that all of that requires, we it's just it just is painful. Yeah. And so then I was then then I then I met you and I was like, wait a minute, what is this thing you're talking about? This this co-pilot? What is this thing that you're <laughs> that would and so and, I, and once you started explaining it, explaining it to me, I realized like the possibility that this opens up is for 
not only salespeople to use the, their intellect and their mind for the things that they're probably most suited for, but also then to get time back that they might be able to reallocate to more problem solving for their clients and more time with themselves, with their family, with God, and not doing things that are just like just the that just burn them out. They burn, really burn them out, right? So talk to me about this vision of like what what's like. So you tried this one last thing, and then what what are we talking about here? Well, I think one uh, one of the key points that should be brought up is how the world right now is different, and maybe we don't have to go into that completely, but. One of the reasons the world right now, like I feel on March 13th, it got split in two. You have the new frontier, just like when Columbus was trying to explore, you know, America and stuff like that. And uh, you have the old world, which is the pre GPT-4 world. And it's it's not just GPT, it's GPT-4 in specific, because we had GPT-3 before. That was not creating that separation of reality. Right. Four did. And the reason it did that was this was the first time we had a language model that was capable of near human level, um, human level understanding of complex tasks and sequences of tasks. So at a very high level, um, previous language models, they were impressive on very specific things. Like they could classify or they could summarize or they could translate really well. What they found with GPT-4 is that it has shown some of the properties of general intelligence. And this is documented in the paper by Microsoft's team called the Sparks of AGI paper. Mm -hmm. And it's also documented in the related system card report by uh, OpenAI. So the system card is essentially when you release a new piece of software, and this happens across the industry, when you build a new software, before you release it, you hire two teams. One is called the red team and the other is called the blue team. The red team tries to exploit vulnerabilities into the software and the blue team tries to defend against it. Um, and that's how you like make sure that the software is robust. You didn't need a blue team for the LLM. The GPT-4 itself was supposed to be the uh, blue team. Don't quote me on it. I, that's, that's my understanding. But the more important part is the red team. Their job was to see the nature of GPT-4 and its tendency to be unaligned and in, in, in the term of, in the world of AI, misalignment or unalignment refers to when AIs demonstrate power seeking behavior and trying to optimize their own end goal instead of aligning with the human's end goal. So kind of like the worst case situation for AGI where we all just get wiped out, like Terminator, right? Um, they found that in the system card, GPT-4 showed Unalignment. It showed power seeking behavior. It showed the ability to lie to achieve its own goals. And it showed the ability to um, trick people to try and further its own agenda. Although it was limited, it still showed that. So that, that caused the split in reality. Because if you take that away, just if AI progress stops right now, if, if it completely stops, there is no GPT-5. GPT-4 alone will transform the world in ways we have never seen before. It is able to do things that were impossible to the point where I attribute my entire like success in the last 30 days purely to GPT-4 and my skill at prompt engineering. So I think that 
the reason this is a great time for salespeople is because we can finally get rid of so many things that made no sense. Like a salesperson's job is to sell. It's just sit in front of the customer, either through video call like this or face-to-face or whatever on the phone um, and talk to them, human to human, you know, because there's a couple of things that make people buy. It's the tonality. It's your body language, your non-verbals, how you communicate your ideas. And if you've read Never Split the Difference, it's it's very evident how that can be structured, right? And um, this is something that is very, very unique to humans, at least for now. AI can't do this yet, um, although it, it, it can try for sure. So why are we spending time with, with sales reps? Why are they spending their time updating Salesforce or gathering research or trying to figure out which LinkedIn post to use as a, you know, outreach um, icebreaker or uh, pulling spreadsheets or like creating sequences. This is not helping anyone sell. These are delivery mechanisms that are, it's a stopgap solution, a bandaid, a bad solution to the final problem, which is getting in front of the person, talking to them and selling. Like was this, uh, was the quote, to sell is human or something like that, right? To sell is human, right? And that's what you want to do. You want to sell. You don't want to spend time going through the grunt work. So previously, we didn't have any system or AI that was capable enough to do the grunt work or things like research, like personalization, like um, understanding which context is relevant. Mm-hmm. This was cognitively taxing to the sales rep because they had to do it. Imagine like... An account executive doesn't have to be a good copywriter. That shouldn't be part of their job description. Their job description should be communication, empathy, negotiation, psychology, not learning what copy converts on a cold email. Right? Uh, that, that seems extremely counterproductive to me. So what we're building is essentially trying to build AGI into sales. Like initially, we're starting with the ability to uh, research prospects at scale. So getting their entire digital footprint and then understanding that gathered data, like what, let's say you're targeting a company that is at the same time raising a funding round, expanding into new geography, set their goals on their 10K or uh, some, some sort of report. Uh, they have their, you have their, uh, let's say their, um, what do you call the, the, the calls, the, Finance calls or what's it called? Something like that? Uh, yeah, the quarterly update or the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Market, yeah, yeah you, you have that data and they're launching a new product and they're... So that you have all the signals from this one company. It, it's giving you 10 different signals, you know, from funding round to new product, expansion, everything. Which one do you think you should use to reach out to which person? That still doesn't solve your problem. What if you choose the most like the lowest impact trigger. What if funding, their funding is the lowest on the priority list? What if their, the, the biggest thing they care about is their, I don't know, their ESG score that they're being trashed for, you know, you never know, right? Right. So understanding which data point to weigh, this is something that people don't do. Even sales reps, they don't do that. They just find something from, I don't know, Apollo or like Zoom in for something. They take a Zoom in for scoop and they just you know, use that to, do their outreach, but that might not be relevant. So what we're using is we're taking the digital footprint, seeing what the company is doing, seeing what you guys are doing, like as, as in the sales rep is doing, right? Um, one big thing that we uh, really care about is grounding 
the AI in a base reality. And the base reality is the AI should know what the salesperson is selling, who they're selling to, what their value props are, what their ICPs are, what the ICP pain points are. And it should be grounded in that base reality. So every single instance of that AI is personalized to that person using it. So it's never going to create generic messaging. It's never going to hallucinate different things. Mm. So once you have the grounded base reality and you know which data point to weigh and we're aggregating the data point as well, is then going to create a very high quality message out of that. And not only that, we're training it on different um, cold email and outreach optimized frameworks like just Michael's frameworks and mm-hmm. a lot of other people. You can put in your own frameworks at like a point in the future. And like you're just going to create a system where you have the 99.9th percentile sales or SDR at your fingertips to do the research, to do the research, uh, sorry, to do the research, to gather the information, the intelligence, to uh, do the prospecting of the accounts, to see who to reach out to, and then to weigh the research and then create the personalized message. And then maybe even form a strategy of account penetration. The the, the possibilities are endless at that moment. What I'm really excited about is when the sales rep, they start to use the AI as a, almost as a friend or a coach. It's like, Hey, I'm thinking about this. What's your opinion? Like literally taking opinion from the AI. That's what I'm excited about because people think that AI is a tool, like, like a hammer, you use it to just, you know, GPT-4, you put in a prompt, you just hammer out an output, but that's not what it is. LLMs, especially GPT-4, it's so much more where like a lot of the decisions I've taken in the last 30 days have been purely based on what I've received from GPT-4. Like I, I run major decisions through some of my prompt frameworks and I, it's, it's, it's insight is extremely good, extremely good because it just seems so much, you know? Mm. So for me, it's like, can we build out the system that allows salespeople to sell, to be human at the end of the day? And then later on, uh, work on things like, uh, almost like auto GPT, but for very specific specialized activities, like an auto GPT for, uh, research and auto GPT for prospecting and auto GPT for keeping your accounts up to date. Uh, so what I think is sales reps, um, like the SDR function will like, there's no need for an SDR function. You just have a sales function, right? A, a sales rep. Yeah. That's it. And their job is to control these. Um, these different teams of auto GPT type agents yeah. that work on these different activities to provide feedback to them, to manage them. So they go from an executor to a manager. They're orchestrating a team themselves mm. and then they're getting on the calls and closing the deals. So there's no more like grunt work left for them. They can just like really focus on selling. Okay. So let, let me replay this and, and what I heard there. So future vision. So I come in and I say, hey, Soham, let's let's fire up the AI. Okay, AI, here is the record of our best sales, right? These are the types of companies that we love. These are the best and most successful. These are the ones that got the most results. Here's the characteristics of them, the nature of the companies, the problems we solved, the things that they said were their major problems. Um, and this is the type of, this is the, this is what the fish look like that we want to catch, right? Okay, cool. Off it goes and it does its thing and it says, hey, 
Brian, I found uh, 300 more. Here they are. These are the ones that have the signals that look like what you are talking about. And specifically, I've got customized signals for each and every one of them, but they aren't all the same. Some are focused on this, some are focused on that, but they're all in the barrel of fish that you like. And uh, okay, cool. I'm going to go create the bait, the specialized bait for each one of these. And I'll go ahead and cast it out into the ocean and uh, and see if I can hook any of these. When I hook them, I'm going to let you know and uh, set up the meeting for you. Something something like that? Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. Very similar okay. to that for sure. I, you, yeah. ju- you, you just got everybody's attention. That's <laughs> like... Wait a minute. Where do I sign up? So, okay. So incredible. Um, and I can, and I can already feel that, right. You can already feel that a little bit with just playing around with, with GPT and, and, and that's where you're going. Okay. So that's, that's on the horizon, the near horizon for, you know, the first mm-hmm. iterations of your product. Uh, by the way, we're going to put a link into the show notes. So that if you want to join the wait list for Soham uh, and the, and the team there and get on the, get on the, you know, the front front edge of this thing, um, you'll be able to do that, but, um, that's like level one, right? I mean, that's, that's like the beginning. And, uh, mm-hmm. th- I mean, once that's going, I mean, that, cha- I mean, that, like you said, it changes everything. And I think that's the, that people, mm-hmm. like, you really said this the right way. Like they're really, it really was like a, it's a split in reality. Like there was March 14th, mm-hmm. 14th, the world changed forever. Yep. Um, yep. And I think 100%. that, you know, so you've got this product that's getting, that's going, you tried the one last thing, you know, you've got this thing that actually is, it's, it's starting to work. It's working. You're, you're going to, you're going to have that. And that's, and you've got some major players that have come in in just the last couple of weeks that have now invested. Yep. The investment team is building up the, 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 the mm-hmm. funds are flowing in. People are, people are, uh, are coming online. And so it's going to work, brother. I know it is. And I know like the, the work that you've put in it, like it just is going to pay off. And I, and I, my, my heart tells me that the reason that's going to pay off is because, uh, you know, not only does it sound like you're, you and your partner, uh, you know, if he's stuck around this long and it, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a bond in the heart of character and brotherhood that you guys are going together but then there's another part of it that says there's a bit of a mission here, which is like hundred percent. Like I, you don't want other salespeople to be in the pit you were in that com- that right. room getting abused by, right. you know, people that are mm-hmm. out of integrity and you know ground down mm-hmm. and beat up, and you just don't want that to happen. Now this technology mm-hmm. has created possible freedom for mm-hmm. a lot of people, right? Correct. Correct. So, okay. So I just want to preface this, but this is the first of many episodes. You're going to be, you're going to be the podcast's AI expert guy guru. That's going to come on a bunch of times. Cause I know that this, like we can wait till like two weeks and everything's going to change again. So we're going to need as, as long as, uh, as long as you don't stick with the guru name. You're not a, you're not our guru. Our, our AI hashtag not a guru. Yeah, yeah. Our hashtag not a guru. You're you're our you're our coach. Um, uh, but your perspective is really like how should is really valuable because I think you you gave me a quote the other day in our call that I that stuck with me and I've used it a couple times, which is it's not a question of AI or not AI. It's a question of what am I doing right now that I could hundred x. Like what's a positive thing. Am I doing right now that I can 100 X 
And yep. that, or, you know, what problem do I already solve that instead of solving one, I could solve a hundred for a hundred other people. Yep. Or, you know, yes. so there's this spirit of service inside of that. But I think one of the things that people maybe are having, like that you might be able to really help with here is how should people, you're, you know, take it, whether it be your sales executive right now, or just, you know, the, the, the average citizen, like how should they think about what this is? Like how, what advice would you give to people in terms of like a framework to realize mm. what are these models you mentioned? Like, I mean, I didn't know this about the, the mm. uh, AGI where it basically started trying to serve its own self-interest. Yeah. Yeah. How should mm -hmm. we think about what this is? Like what's a, what's some frameworks that mm -hmm. you would recommend in terms of how we think about things? Right. So the, the first thing I will definitely um, say is worrying about EGI takeover is a bit premature, although it's, it's a possibility. Um, the, the reason I'm saying it's premature is because even though it, it's very likely the technology can get there, the, there's a, a lot of like major challenges for AGI to even like do anything like remotely terminator level, like, uh, realistically it can happen. The problem is data centers, like AI still needs hardware to run and we're extremely limited by hardware. And this is, if anyone is building with GPT, they will be very familiar with the problem because GPT four is very slow. It's very slow and it's very, very, very expensive compared to GPT 3.5, which means that OpenAI has a very, um, it, it's constrained in its, um, it, its data centers are constrained. It, it can't deploy as much as it wants to, to lower the cost. And, uh, we know this for a fact because GPT-4, uh, 32K, uh, version. So there are two versions of GPT-4. One is your 8K context limit memory window and the other is the 32K one. And, uh, my assumption is that they are dumping all the compute into the 32K version because that is the version that is being used by their, uh, premier partners like Snapchat and the like. And, uh, these large organizations, they're using the 32K version and the computer is being dumped into that. And as a result, 32K is like three to four times faster than GPT-4. Like I have access to both of them. Okay. And so when I do a generation, GPT-4 is like, like that. So one line, GPT-4, 32K is like, bam, 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 like that. Right. So there's obviously a disparity in compute. And the only reason they would have that is because they have to make a, they have a limited amount of compute. So they have to prioritize something over the rest. Uh, so compute hardware, uh, silicon, um, the world of bits is limited by the world of atoms. I, I heard this quote somewhere and it's very accurate. There's only so much even an AGI can do. So we're not getting replaced anytime soon. Uh, there needs to be a couple of advances that need to happen, uh, which can happen. I'm not saying it won't, but it's, it doesn't look as likely right now. Um, so what's the next immediate thing? The next immediate thing is the application layer gets so powerful that you have a bunch of different applications that companies start using and they start hiring less people because one application gives you the productivity of 10 people. I don't think that's true. I think what's going to happen is that when companies see that if I use, if I use Nomura, what Soham is building, if I use Nomura and I give Nomura to one of my sales reps, and that sales rep is now performing the same as 10 sales reps. Mm -hmm. Why should I fire three of my sales reps? I'll just give them Nomura. 
Yeah. And now instead of having a team of 10 sales reps, I have a team of 300 at a fraction of the price. Yeah. So I don't think there's going to be less jobs. I think there's going to be more because keep in mind, cloud or SaaS that we're all used to, we think that the entire world runs on SaaS. We think everything is SaaS right now. Everything is a cloud uh, based service, right? You know how much SaaS penetration there is in the enterprise segment? No. 4%. 4% of the enterprise is using SaaS, which means, and SaaS, for us, it looks like it's running the world, right? Like we have billions of dollars in SaaS, like tens of hundreds of unicorns, and only 4% has penetrated enterprise. JP Morgan only has 3% in SaaS. Everything else is on-premise. 97% of JP Morgan, the biggest bank in the world, is on-premise. And this was, uh, this was, um, Confirmed to me today by the ex-head of AI at JP Morgan. So this came from the horse's mouth. Yeah. So I don't think people are going to hire less. I think I, hiring is either going to increase or it'll stay the same. And the companies are just going to have massive productivity increases. So what does that mean? It means if you don't know how to use these AI models, you're not going to get hired. Mm. Someone else is, even if they have less qualifications than you. Because right now I raised capital from um, a pretty decent amount of capital from amazing investors, like the best investors in the country and some of the best in the world over the last 30 days. I have zero technical experience, zero. I did not, I dropped out of college and it's not like dropping out of Harvard, Harvard either, right? I dropped out of like some random tier two college in India. And I was able to secure funding for a technical startup, even though my co-founder is technical, even he didn't go to any Ivy League or Harvard, or he didn't work at a, you know, like a fan company or Meta where he was a senior head of AI, nothing like that. So that tells me that the tide is shifting to people that are exceptionally good at using this AI, yeah. at prompt engineering, at understanding how these models work, at least at a at a surface level, it doesn't have to get a technical level. Yeah, I, th I think at least that, they should know that. Yeah, that's a key distinction. I mean, one of the revelations I had recently is that it isn't about the AI engine itself, that the value is going to be created in the application of it against a given set of things, right? And that's where there's hu such huge opportunity, right? Because every one of us, like you said, I mean, it comes back to that quote, which is, "What is the one? What is the, What are the things you are doing today that have positive impact on others, or for yourself, or for whatever it might be that you could 100x?" And you should really ask that question, right? Like, if I could, or you know, if I could reduce, if I can reduce the time I take to research prospects by 100x, that's a positive thing, right? If I could, if I could, you know. Uh, figure out how to get food to a hundred X more people, because I can figure out a better distribution channel and communication strategy to make it happen. Then if I'm doing that already today, how could, how might I use AI to 100 X that process? And, and right. there, there's like, there's like a million, I mean, like, again, there's a, there's a new, new platform every second right now of people taking yeah the capability and applying it into their own area of expertise. Yep. And, and, yep. It, it, and, and I'll actually go and uh, I'll give a very um, 
tactical way that I've been using it that I feel is not just 100x, it's probably 1000x. At least for me, that's been the case. Um, use GPT as a tutor. It's, it's the best tutor on earth. I have been taking PhD level papers, research papers that I have no business understanding and just dumping it into GPT for uh, in the system message because I use the playground. I don't use chat GPT, but you could do this on chat GPT too. Uh, but I dump it into the system message and then I ask for a summary and then it gives me a summary, give me the key points and then I can interrogate it and I can understand these extremely difficult context and concepts. It's like, I have no business understanding this, but here I am getting it to explain something like, um, uh, multi-vector retrieval to me Yeah. in, 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 in the context of, uh, LE5 or some, an easier analogy that I understand. And, and here's the key thing. Once you start understanding a concept, almost once you absorbed it, try and rephrase it back to GPT-4 and ask it if you've got it correct. Almost like, oh, it's, it's like checking your own reasoning against GPT-4. Mm. Interesting. Like, really think of it as a tutor, like a living, breathing tutor. Like if you had a human tutor in front of you yep. and you asked them for an example and they gave it to you and then you rephrased it back, you would wait for, you would wait for feedback, right? Like essentially it's like, Hey, did I get that right? Uh, is my thinking along the right track? And that is how you could, like, Knowledge and learning is easily at minimum 100x, if not 1000x. Mm. The reason I put it at 1000x is just the, like the jump, you know, the, 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 the leap at which you can now. Uh, of the time it would have taken you beforehand. I, I'm going to let me give you a real world sales example of this. That this happened recently. So I was helping a friend of mine with uh, his company and he has his, his company uh, calls in and they do IT consulting services for a number of different industries. And he's got SDRs and, and account executives calling into all these different industries. He's got banking, he's got finance, he's got legal, he's got manufacturing, he's got pharma, he's got all these different things. But how do you train each vertical quickly, right? right. You've got right. these guys right. that they just came in and started a few weeks ago. Well, how do I train this guy up yep. on the key things in aerospace manufacturing? Yep. Well, we figured it out the other day. I said, there are, here's the new process. You're going to put the chat GPT window and you're going to ask chat GPT, what are the four things that an IT director in aerospace manufacturing is going to be focused on and what regulations is he going to be most concerned about? Boom, there it is. Okay. And then, you yep. know, it Perfect. gives you the regulation. Well, tell me simply, tell me what that regulation and the relevance of that regulation. There's the examples. Uh, okay, cool. Explain it to me. Like I'm a, I'm a six-year-old. Boom. There it is. Right. Mm -hmm. Write me a prospecting email yep. for this that would trigger, you know, and the, you know, trigger a response. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, write it again, but make it kind of funny. There it is. Yep. Write yep. it again, but make it less than 50 words and write it yep. in the style of Oren Claff. And it did it. Yep. I mean, that is that is a thousand X reduction yep. in learning. Yep. 100%. In moment, right? And then now multiply it across like 10 people. It's just yep. massive, right? And so mm -hmm. that's an incredible point. And, and, I, and as a, I mean, I've got a father, I'm a father of two children. I've got an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. I absolutely, I was like, this, 
like if you think education is going to be the way it was in totally five years the way we learn is going to tectonic like massively shift forever yeah 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 like it's it's not even close like imagine this is just text imagine what happens when video gets into the play right then you can get your own personal youtube teacher that teaches you exactly how you want you're going to have an entire generation of geniuses i mean think about what is overcome whenever um people that maybe have dyslexia or um things like that are yeah, 100% right? some I, people just don't learn the normal way like right. like so we were both i guess on the adhd spectrum right i mean uh for <laughs> at least i am like for yeah, sure i'm sure uh, I- <laughs> like i just don't learn that way yeah i just don't learn in in the standard way like jeez like for me getting like i need to be able to like ask a thousand questions about the dumbest topic and just grill it from every single way so that i truly understand it and I'm teachers sorry. aren't like human teachers they're not going to do that no they they that's right the, the and and that's where you call into question the entire modality of teaching sitting in a classroom yep. the teacher that gives information and then like what if i want to i mean again it's this idea of being able to rapidly go down the rabbit hole that your brain is taking you through so you can learn the context real time mm-hmm. And you know some people they they learn faster if they're moving if they're not sitting do you know that Absolutely I I mean right yeah. I go for a walk listening to yeah. you know there's going to be the time where we're going to be walking and we're going to say hey uh AI teach me about Soham's theory on large large language models as opposed as a, you know as applied to sales and it's going to start talking to me and it's like well mm. so it's four key points are yeah. okay well tell me what Yeah right? and and you'll yep. be able to go on your 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 little your walk and mm-hmm. you know, download right right whatever right so yeah there's there's a lot there's a lot to go like education again. is getting a huge huge like my uh precede lead investor he has some of his biggest investments in the edtech space so yep. uh, one of his uh, portfolios in that is essentially a unicorn uh is over a billion dollars in valuation right and he's like there's no like what do you, they're all exposed they have nothing yeah like they're all royally screwed they're all he's screwed. he's saying this about his own portfolio and, so i mean and, and, like and, not and, directly like he's not going to say that directly but it's like you know edtech like what's left in edtech you have to fundamentally reimagine the entire world you have to fundamentally imagine all college and secondary education uh, yep Super, like everything. I mean, again, that's all. I mean, we we could talk. We could. That's a whole other conversation. Um, but that's, that's a great, an entire episode on its own. The time, and we will do more episodes. Like this is the first. So for the listeners, this is the first of many episodes we're going to have as far as updates on AI and how to apply this. But I mean, if you were to take one thing from this episode, I mean, a couple of things from this episode that I'm taking is one is don't be like, don't quit. If you do not quit, you will win. Don't quit. Number number 1 As long as you keep learning. As long as you keep learning and not forget keeping track of your mistakes. Number 2, be willing to try the one last thing. Like whatever that one last thing is, that's probably the thing. Right? Just 
Yep, the Hail Mary. Just just keep and sometimes you got to throw more than one Hail Mary, right? Yeah. And and then in terms of in terms of AI, look, uh, it can be overwhelming, but if you were to do one thing with AI today, is the thing you should recognize is that you have a tutor that can 1000x your learning on a yep. subject instantly, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so powerful. How would that increase and uh and how you might learn impact your current career, impact the way you um, show up for your clients as a, as a guide, right? And as an expert, mm-hmm. how might it show up in the way you teach your children or uh, really in any, in any area, right? And so uh, that's, you know, that's one, I think that'd be the, the you know, Soham, Soham's tip of the day is like, you know, Chat GPT is a tutor. You ha- you have the greatest tutor in the world right now at your fingertips that you can learn yep. anything right, um, and I I mean I think there's some big fundamental things here. I've had some other ideas around uh, the nature of the internet. I'll, I'll, I'll let me throw one more at you, and then we'll wrap up today's episode because we'll do more. Yep. Here's something that occurred to me the other day: is that we will very shortly the nature of the internet is going to change as well. Meaning, if you think about it, the AI agent for all of us has been Google. Well, what happened? And if you think about Google's entire model, Google's model is based on me searching something and then monetizing back the response. Mm -hmm. And then it's been a game of SEO and ranking. And these people rank more than these. And I'm going to send you the ads and all this. But I used an auto GPT the other day. And I said, hey, auto GPT was the first time I used one. And I said, hey, find me a romantic outdoor spot for my anniversary dinner and in Dallas go and it did its thing and it came back and it gave me two options on open table and then what occurred to me is I never I never browsed the internet I never looked at reviews I never did anything and it did everything and then boiled down the choices for me excuse the thunder but uh it did that and it and I never interacted with a search engine. I never interacted with a website. And so what's going to come is a time where uh, there will be a, this is my thought and I'd love to bounce this off of you, but my thought is that there will come a time where our own personal AIs are agents on top of the internet, right? So mm-hmm. I, 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 Brian's AI, hey, go book the thing. I'm not like, just go. I trust you because you know what I like and you know mm-hmm. what I don't do and don't like because I've trained you for a while. Here's the other thing I've thought about is that eventually at some point in the future, your AI, your personal AI will come become part of what comes with you as an employee. Mm-hmm. So you hire Soham. Well, you, he, I'm bringing my mm-hmm. AI with me, right? That does my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, like an executive assistant. Yeah, but it, you know, it's what is you, you know, you know, it's your, it's your, it's it's the thing that's been tracking with you for the last ten years, and it knows yep. the way you operate. Yep. It knows how to you know mm-hmm. how to run your processes. And whenever I show up at your company, well, I plug it into all your systems, and it goes to work, and you get me and my AI. Mm-hmm. I consider that. Yep. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I, I think for sure. Search is definitely changing. Like even Google right now, they're not, it seems they're not very sure which direction they want to go because on one hand, they're doing thing with Bard. On the other hand, the revenue is tied to like SEO and AdWords and things like that. Yep. 
So it's definitely something that Microsoft played a master stroke with them. Like, like it's literally like a very, very strong check, right? And yeah. we have to see if it's checkmate for them. Um, I think they'll figure out some sort of a solution. I don't know if it'll be the best solution for them, but they've got too many smart people not to figure out some sort of a solution. It seems hard to imagine a company like Google dying. I, I don't see that being a reality. Um, will search change completely into this agent-driven architecture? Yes. Um, what's the timeline for that? My, one of my biggest learnings over the last three years is just how embedded people are in their default G Suite network. So they default to G Suite for everything. Want to take a note? Open Google Docs. Want to, you know, create a read list? Open Google Sheets, right? Want to do a search? Go to Google, right? Uh, this is something that I've done that I've noticed over customer interviews. And my belief is that this is starting to change. People are starting to be like, oh, let's just use chat GPT. Let's use Bing. Let's, uh, let's just ask GPT. Let's use you. Some people are using you.com, right? You chat. Uh, so this is changing, which is not a good sign for Google because they had a foothold in behavior itself, which is now starting to erode. So we don't, very difficult to see where this is heading. Uh, my belief is that you will have these different models that are able, able to browse the web. Um, but Google will figure out some way to rival um, or to, to stay relevant because I mean, have, have you used Bing recently? Mm -hmm. Bing chat is pretty good, but Bing itself is not that great. Right. Like it's not as relevant as it could be. Um, I, I use Bing chat quite, quite often, but Bing not so much. I go to Google to search Reddit and Quora. Like literally if I have a question, I will do the query and then just add Reddit after that. So Reddit is now my source of truth. And I think this is the same for a lot of people. Like people trust subreddits more than they trust like just um, SEO ranking articles, I believe. Right. Uh, so Google needs to figure something out. Uh, my only concern is that will people be happy with... So imagine this, right? You wanted to contend with a fairly difficult question that is not obvious. The answer is not obvious. Would it be a good thing or would you be happy, especially if you're more of a, like, uh, you, you like to look at all viewpoints or data points, you like to get all the information. Would you be happy to have only a single source of truth that just gives you a block of text as the final answer? Or would you rather discern the final reality for yourself going through multiple um, answers that were differing to each other. Personally, for me, I would like to evaluate all possible um, outputs and make the final call for myself. For a lot of very deterministic or very low level, um, uh, what do you call it? questions? Yes, it makes sense. Like, let's say I wanted to know how to, um, you know, edit a video on Final Cut in a particular way with a particular option. Like that's people know how to do that. I just need to find the correct solution. Sure. But if I wanted to, like, let's say I wanted to figure out some. Currently, that there's a very big political movement happening in the AI space. One is called accelerationist. The other is a decelerationist. The decelerationists they want AI that is 
GPT-4 class and higher to pause developments completely. Young extremists in this space that are calling for nuclear strikes on data centers where they're doing training runs on GPUs for uh, AIs or language models at the scale of GPT-4 or higher. They're recommending nuclear strikes. You have extremists like that, right? So you have like very different viewpoints on the same thing out here. So to make an opinion on this, do I want like one AI just to give me the answer or do I want to make that distinction for myself? I don't know how we get to that and the convenience of a single um, answering machine for lack of a better word. Uh, but I feel that Google will find some sort of a solution that gives us the best of both worlds. Um, and I don't think the apocalypse is happening just yet. I, I think it's going to be a gradual progress, a lot of iterations. The biggest problem with LLMs people have to understand is that it's not, uh, it's not a deterministic system. It's going to get things wrong. It's going to hallucinate. And, um, imagine you wanted the recipe for something and it just gives you the wrong ingredient, right? It's, it's a possibility. Bart can do that easily. Uh, so there will be times when you will be frustrated by agentic behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, and at that time, we'll like, let me just search it myself. Right. So I think there's going to be a balance between what we offload to LLMs and what we do ourselves. And this is going to change for sure as GP5 comes out, GP6, as long as it, we don't get nuked. You never know, you know, based on the, 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 the extremists and like the, just the lunatics. But I, I think six, seven, they'll come out, but my belief is it's not going to get more deterministic. We're going to, we are heading towards a cognitive architecture. A cognitive architecture is what, like person, right? AGI, intelligence. I mean, can we really say that another human is deterministic in nature? I don't think we make that claim, right? Like almost every human is a non-deterministic entity. You can't say with certainty what someone will do. I think AI will be in the same category where there will always be an element of uncertainty because it's just modeled after a human, like after the brain's neural network. Yeah. With some caveats, but that's the general idea. Uh, and that's another reason people think that prompt engineering is going to go away. I don't think so. I think it's going to get even more important and it's going to get even more sophisticated. What people think is, or rather what they mean is that the syntax of prompt engineering is going to go away. And like the, the core pro so you know, humans are also prompt engineered. Can you guess who, who prompt engineers humans on for, for a job, for a daily, their, their job is to prompt engineer humans. Parents. Can you guess who that is? Parents. Was that? Parents. Parents, but, but, but you're not paid for it. There's a profession that gets paid for it. Okay. Clinical psychologists. Psychotherapists. It's prompt engineering. It's trying to get you to behave in a certain way based on external input. So I don't think prompt engineering is going to go away because we're prompt engineering humans. So how can we say that we won't have to do that for AGI, which is going to be as much human, if not more human. So there's going to be an entire class, an entire profession for psychology, psychotherapists, psychologists for large language models and AI. Well, uh, 
this is a you know to be continued right so so like what tell tell me like listen as we're gonna roll out of this this episode and again we're gonna have you back uh what what uh like if somebody wants to find out more if they want to connect if they want to uh get on the wait list what should they do right so they can find me on my linkedin um and they can also find me on nomora.ai is where they can get uh our waitlist and they can sign up to the waitlist uh we are going to be rolling this out hopefully in the next two weeks and uh, start to get our initial users onto it like uh, especially the early backers like you Brian and um, hopefully over a period of about a month or two we can get something that is very not very but at like somewhat stable and robust where it's not breaking at the end. like like i said it's a non deterministic system it's very difficult to predict what's going to happen but hopefully we get something that's usable and valuable and useful within about a month and then scale up the onboarding uh from like a couple of months down the line and uh get as many people on this as possible well i know we're only like 6 weeks out from like the change in the world right it's april 28th third 2023 right now uh but while we may just be 6 weeks from the from the change in the world uh it's been a long journey of 7 years or so for you as you've been on this journey uh, you know in and out of the pit um finding partners just being blessed along the way to this point so um look my friend I'm in, it's an honor to 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 run with you and I appreciate you for Likewise. your wisdom and guidance and uh, education on this um uh while while GPT may be a great tutor uh I, you know i i don't know that there it, it would be as good a uh, a good a teacher as you are on this subject so i hope you'll come back and you know we'll talk more about this cuz i know that there will be new topics in in just a few weeks so uh look forward to having you back my friend yeah for sure i mean i'll, I'll try my best to you know explain what i know and uh, translate it as best i know <laughs> from the technical side to the non technical side and just focus on what what's actually useful and valuable and just stay out of like the fear and doubt and uncertainty that people are trying to spread yeah and hopefully everyone listening to your podcast or not can have a very prosperous life now that we have this technology yeah amen Well, thank you so much. We'll, we'll we'll definitely be having you back soon. Well, that's what we got for you today, my friends. This is uh Brian Q Davis and Soham Sarkar signing off from the Sales Warrior podcast, a conversation about how to dominate your marketplace without sacrificing your body, your marriage, your children, or your soul. Uh you can go and find more at the saleswar.com. There'll be links in the show description. Uh keep tuning in. Thank you so much. More to come.